Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Alan, we're going to talk about hashtag the prince of appropriation. Oh boy, my favorite guy. <laughs> Today. This is a person, an artist, uh, who is famous for using other people's work uh, for his own gain. Printing screenshots, most recently printing screenshots of Instagram posts and selling them for upwards of 90k. Do you know this person by name? I do know this person by name. <laughs> Richard <laughs> Prince. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I think a lot of people know of Richard's work because he's been doing it since the 70s. Yes. How would you describe his work? I, I think you said it appropriately. I think he's known as being one of the kings of, pro- of, of appropriation, along with arguably Andy Warhol, also one of the great appropriators. I think there's a pretty big difference between the type of art that they make. Um, and I think that, you know, if the stuff that Richard Prince was doing in the 70s was considered cutting edge at the time, I think the stuff that he's doing now is very lazy <laughs> by contrast. <laughs> and I think that's part of my problem. Like, he, I, I don't feel that he's evolved as an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to see how his work has changed in some ways and then also not changed at all. So I think one of his most known works is Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And that was photographs he took of Marlboro cigarette ads of cowboys on horses. If you read his artist statement about that, he basically just says every week I'd see one as in one of the ads and be like, oh, that's mine. Thank you. He's literally quoted saying that. <laughs> Oh, that's mine. No, Richard Prince, it wasn't yours. I I had a a reception at my apartment last week, and I was actually talking to an intellectual property lawyer who repped a lot of different artists. And we, we got into a pretty deep discussion about appropriation art, and I can't remember why. But he said he was he was very pro Richard Prince in that he thought successful appropriation artists really had a point of view. He thought, like I did, that the Instagram stuff was garbage. And Mm. he thought that a lot of cases against appropriation artists weren't necessarily the best representatives of what appropriation art is. So like when Richard Prince gets sued, he's like, "Eh, I mean, he gets sued and he wins some and he loses some, but that shouldn't really be the way that the public views appropriation art. And he started by saying, look, you look at Andy Warhol, you know, if photography is about light, the stuff that Andy Warhol was doing with with repetition over years and years and years, and by change, you know, if there was if there was tonality in the face and then he flattens it all out, I do credibly believe that the stuff Warhol was doing is a good example of appropriation art. Prince I, I don't know, you know, his, so he did, he did a, a appropriation art of Rastafarians, big case, Prince versus Carew. No, Graham. Hmm? Prince versus Graham, Donald Graham. Oh, no, well, there have been multiple ones. Oh. Multiple ones, yeah. Oh, okay, but, my but, bad, confusing, <laughs> confusing the appropriation. All right, go on, Yeah, Sorry. no, there's a big one, a, a, a photographer named Carew spent years photographing Rastafarians, Prince scribbles over the photos, puts like electric guitar in the guy's hand, and then sells these images, right? And, and this case goes uh, to court. Um, Prince, on, on a number of counts, Prince wins the majority of them, but not all of them. Yeah. 
But this IP lawyer was saying, it, in his view, it was transformative. And therefore, it cleared the bar of what is legally acceptable. Of course, it's very, very subjective. Right. Very subjective. Right. Well, him adding, it's kind of funny that within that case, him adding like a scribbled, excuse my language, but like shitty looking guitar over a photo helped him win the case. Whereas in his case against photographer Donald Graham, who had also photographed um, Rastafarian culture, the court found it not to be fair use. And all he did was screenshot the Instagram in that case. So how did you feel about the Marlboro ads? Because we, we should describe it. So the, the yeah. original photos are kind of these, these big environments where the, where the cowboys are kind of on the, the hillside and you see the big sky. And Prince's version of that is to really get in close, mm-hmm. take a portion of that, re-photograph the ad, and then sell it for however thousands of dollars he did at the time, right? Right, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, I have two feelings about them. Yeah. One was before I read his quote where he said, oh, that is mine. I will take it. Thank you. I, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> right. um, I think, yeah, I think that's different because you would hope that Prince is... Uh, making commentary on advertising itself, on a product that essentially kills its clients. Um, So there's a lot more commentary going on there, as opposed to his work today on Instagram, which we can get into, but that's different. Um, And so I I think that work is a little bit smarter. I think it's more interesting. I think the idea that it was cowboys, also just in connection with American culture and what that means to us, as Americans, that is a fascinating way to look at it. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but then you read his quote about just taking it, and then I get all like I get all those like icky feelings in 2019. The thing that I don't fully understand about appropriation art is why the artist can't simply license the underlying work and then do their version of it by paying the original artist, right? And if you look at music, sampling is well understood in music um they use it in pop songs they use it in rap songs they use it in hip-hop songs etc and in those cases there's a very clear way of licensing the underlying sample so that that artist gets paid whereas if it's all of a sudden art and not music for whatever reason if it passes the fair use measures then they can do it for free and when i see a guy like Carrie dedicate years of his life to this project and ostensibly use his own money and time to do this project. And then I see another knucklehead come in and scribble on the the drawing. It really pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, because I mean, I guess I don't know anything about actually that photographer and like where he was getting budget to go document this group of people and this culture. But like, it surely wasn't from like the fine art world. Right. And then you've got Richard Prince screen grabbing it, adding, adding some scribble and then making thousands off of it from the fine art market. I mean, it's not right. Fair. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, the Rastafarian book was a documentary photography book about Rastafarian culture. Mm -hmm. And then Prince turns it into art photography at art photography prices. Right. And, you know, Prince doesn't work in a vacuum. It's it's the art establishment saying this is remarkable work, and mm-hmm. therefore it's mm-hmm. you know some some gallery that he's associated with 
puts a ridiculous value on it. And again, I just feel really bad for the original artist. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand these arguments about Prince effectively cropping Marlboro. That's a point of view. In the same way that we pick up a lens, like if we're in a public space and we pick up a lens, why is my photo of the Eiffel Tower, you know, worth more than your photo of the Eiffel Tower or whatever? You know, it's like lens choice. It's perspective. It's time of day. We're we're making artistic choices that transform that. But I don't know. It seems a little lazy. And again, if it was really cool in the 70s, it's not so cool in 2019. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and we should mention why we're talking about Prince in the first place. Um, And it's because he has a new exhibit at Detroit's Museum of Modern Art, um, where it's all the screen grab Instagram posts. It's, It's a whole lot of them. This is the first time that this exhibit has been in a museum. It's shown at the Gagosian Gallery. Um, in 2014, which we actually discussed it then on our old podcast. Uh huh. Um, but so describe what these Instagram images are. How are they transformative, <laughs> Sarah? How are they appropriation? Okay, so <clears throat> he screen grabs them. He then adds what he likes to call bird talk, which is essentially like gibberish squalor, like a like random words association um, as a caption to the Instagram, and then he's prints them large scale as inkjet prints. And that's it. The mere addition of basically what I consider to be just a garbage comment, right? There's nothing There's nothing even provocative in the things that he's saying. No. And he's taken Instagram shots. Of, I think there was one case where there was like a sexual assault survivor or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Where she was just, she couldn't believe the gall of this guy to essentially turn her experience into almost a joke by adding some flippant comment to the image. And, you know, the artists having agency over what they want to create, I totally understand that. But again, you are, you are, you are taking over someone's narrative and it's not some, you know, again, you know, if you're going to make a movie about someone's life, you got to license their, their story. Um, and in this case, it just, it was so repellent to me to read that. But then, you know, I saw the one of, of Emily Ratajkowski, um, who we've talked about before, mm-hmm. who I think is like a really savvy, smart person. And she had a selfie of her with the prince of her own Instagram behind her. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, because all of these people. So wait, she's in the show? She, so her image is in the show. Okay. And I guess she has a, a copy of it in her apartment here in New York. She, of course she does. And she has millions of followers. I think we said 20 million followers mm. last time we talked about her. Mm-hmm. And so there's now potentially 20 million people who have no idea who Richard Prince is, right? But they see this blown up thing of, of Emirata thinking <laughs> it's cool. And then maybe they get a little backstory. I'm like, oh, it's so cool. Richard Prince added like a comment and, you know. Oh, God. It, like many things, when, a, when a, a celebrity or someone with large reach posts something, it becomes a thing in our culture and people emulate it and copy it. And I just don't think there's enough discourse going on on Instagram for people to understand contextually what that represents in the world of art. It's one thing for Amrata to take a selfie of herself and then for Richard Prince to take it. It's another thing for a carry you to spend years on a project 
it's another thing for a, a sexual assault survivor to put this personal story and then have it appropriated. Yeah, and I want to point out the difference um, that Richard Prince, how he's affecting his his subjects, right? Because you've got people like Kate Moss, who he also is screen grabbing, but who has been in the public eye since she was a teenager. And then you've got women uh, like the Detroit-based woman who is a sexual assault survivor, um, Zoe Lagone. And those are two vastly different subjects. And to be screen grabbing their Instagrams and selling that work, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of differences that lie in there. And people like Kate Moss are benefiting from that, whereas I'm not sure, I don't know if so is or not, you know? Yeah, and Kate Moss and, and Emily, they're celebrities. Right. They make millions of dollars based on their image. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's like fun, right? It, right. It's like they get to be a part of like yeah. the fine art world. Yeah. Lagone writes, uh, I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So not just sexual assault, childhood sexual abuse. Part of the reason I take sexy selfies is because I'm reclaiming my own sexualized image. To see my image on the walls of MOCAD feels as though a picture I've taken of myself to reclaim my sexual body is being used to violate me all over again. Yeah, that's very real. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really deep. And I know, I, you know, there's probably people out there that's like, then don't post them. It's like... No, no. that's not the right answer. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You know? It's not the solution. If I had to make a counter argument, then I think it is interesting that Prince is using Instagram as the source material for appropriation art. Because I do think uh, we live in a society now that's so driven by the social media and, and the visual social media of Instagram, which makes us kind of vacuous people in a lot of ways, makes us chase images. Um, You know, restaurants and museums and art uh, installations are being designed for their Instagram ability. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think you could make a a cogent statement about what this means in society through appropriation art. Right. But I think when you sort of dismiss the concerns of the subject matter, um, and throw something flippant, like she has something deep. Lagone has something very, very deep to say about why, like her artist statement. It works in opposition to Prince's artist statement. And it feels really icky to take something like sexual abuse and then turn it almost into a joke. Like it feels really icky. Right. Yeah. Um, Prince has been quoted saying that Twitter is editorial and Instagram is advertising. So the fact that his work has gone from like the Marlboro Man to Instagram, it does make, it makes sense, you know? He's not like completely not thinking about this. I also think him documenting, even even just the interface of Instagram changing, right? Because when he first had a show at the Gagosian in, in 2014, the interface of Instagram was different. It looked like a different app. So documenting that I do think is important and making commentary on that is important, but he's not doing that. <laughs> so, cause his, cause anything he has to say about the work is just very, it just comes off as kind of creepy. Like he, ta- he talks about the Kate Moss print, um, being up at the 2014 show. And he just is like, Kate didn't know that I was printing her. And like, that was part of it. Yeah, he's why a seventy-year-old man. There's like a creepiness yeah. to the way that he's. It, it's yeah. it's almost predatory in yeah. a way. Yeah, totally. Right? The way he talks about it, it is. Yeah, 
fully yeah, agree. It just feels really out of touch, you know, and, and I try, uh, of course, we're very pro photographer and we <laughs> say that almost every show. Um, and, and so I try to divorce myself from defending the rights of photographers with their source material and, and whatnot to try to see kind of the opposing side. But with him in particular, I just can't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I just really find that he has intellectually lazy arguments over what his art represents. Mm-hmm. And the lack of evolution over the past 40 years, is it, it reflects poorly on him as an artist. Yeah. You know, if, if Warhol was still alive, I'd be curious to know like what kind of things he'd, he'd be doing. Would he still be, you know, silk printing Maryland's? Mm, I mean, Prince compare maybe <laughs> Prince does compare himself to Warhol uh, in this W interview, which I read that and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. If it's I feel the same like thing. <laughs> Warhol did so many facets of art with filmmaking and photography, and 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 was a was a influencer of culture not not in the contemporary sense of influencer but was an influencer of culture even with fashion and hairstyles Mm -hmm. and whatnot in a way that prince is not yeah i mean yeah different time though right it was like easier to affect the culture with with the megaphone that warhol had yeah another thing that prince compares his work to is land art which is essentially like installations in the landscape and then photographers documenting that Uh, that work, and then hanging those photographs in a gallery. He tries to compare his work to that. He basically saying that Instagram is a place where he can find subjects and he doesn't even have to have them pose in front of his camera for him in order to uh, make them into art. That's that was one of his arguments. I know the, the, the path there that I just took you on. Does that make any sense to you at all? No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so why? Doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it makes me mad that I mean that he even has the cover of W this month. Like, Listen, that's not fair. You know, there 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 were artists a few years ago that were using Google Street View. So the cameras would go down all over the U.S. to map these places out, and artists would be curators and pull interesting frames out of Google Maps, um, out of the millions of photos that they were taking to document the world, and that was in a sense, art. So could you make the argument that it was, a, it was pre-existing? Well, in that case, I would say, okay, it's an interesting project and you were the curator and you came up with the concept. But once it's done once, the next guy that does it, it's like, who cares? Yeah, I've seen- It's like boring. Yeah, totally. I've seen a few of those projects. Some of them were good. Yeah. Some of them were bad. And I think we're all over it now. Yeah, and will a robot driving down the street occasionally take an interesting photo? Yeah, but is that- art or is it just today's meme mm. you know mm-hmm. i think there has to be more intention if, if you're gonna if you're gonna call yourself an artist and be an art photographer i think there has to be more intentionality over the way that you create art and i'm simply not seeing that through prints and may, you know maybe you're listening to this and you're like alan you just don't get it and maybe i don't get it because people are paying a lot of money for these stupid instagram prints but yeah they're paying 90k upwards of yeah, I'm not sold. 
I'm not sold. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to another woman who has defended uh, herself against Richard Prince, which is Missy Suicide, who began selling her own versions of Prince's Instagram prints, paintings. They call them paintings. I don't know if that's correct. But, um, uh, and was selling them herself for $90. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Like, go Missy Suicide. Good for you. Yeah, I'm and I guess, that. you know, if she aspires to be an, an art photographer, it's just not... She doesn't have the pred- pedigree, unfortunately. No, she she makes, like, really cool alternative pinup collections of the Suicide Girls squad. Yep, yep. So she's a badass. <laughs> well, we want to know what you think of appropriation artists and Richard Princeton in, in specifically. If you have some insight that we're missing... Give us a shout on Twitter at Photoshelter or leave us a comment at blog.photoshelter.com. We'll see you next time. Photoshelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.